Howdy, folks. Welcome to the second episode of the Unreal Country Podcast, sharing quality country music by the most eclectic definitions. I'm your host, Willie B., and joining me today is one of my personal favorite artists, Grayson Jenkins. Grayson's catalog of songs has been on heavy rotation in my life for the past three years or so, with too many favorites to name individually. I definitely recommend checking out all of his tunes. I'm sure that like me, you'll find that they're all killer. Be sure to follow him and buy his music and merch. I'll leave the links to these in the bio. There were a ton of issues with putting this episode up. The original audio recordings were missing a bunch of pieces, and after I edited it together, the podcast, um, and I was ready to post it, my computer crashed. Uh, thankfully, I had all the raw audio files backed up. There's also an eight-minute stretch, about 16 minutes into our conversation, when the audio gets a little dicey. Me and Grayson talk about his music, songwriting, our favorite music, live shows, and dive bars. This is a good episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to like, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on all social media platforms at Unreal Country. I'm going to start things off with the song Wonder in the World off Grayson's 2020 LP titled Hand Me Downs.
rest of my life Searching for something that made me feel just right And I could roam the rest of my life Searching for something that made me feel just right I don't know what I'd find but this much is true There's not a wonder in this world like you No, there's not a wonder in this world like you Oh, there's not a wonder in this world like you I'm on with Grayson Jenkins for the second second podcast here. Um, Grayson, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, where where are you? Where are you today? <laughs> I'm in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. How long have you been based out of Lexington? I've been in Lexington, I guess about a little over 10 years, actually. I grew up in western Kentucky and then moved up here for college uh, back in 2009. Been here ever since. What did you go to school for? I studied agricultural economics and community development. Holy. Yeah. Man, oh man. Yeah, came came up in FFA and 4-H and stuff. Stuck with that. Hmm. What, uh, what does that entail? So it's a business degree in essence, I mean, took like accounting, economics, uh, management, marketing, all that stuff. And then, but it's also kind of just specialized in say farm management or my interest at the time was in like farm policy, which has been a while ago, um, before the music bug bit me, but, uh, started out with like farm and legal policy. Um, so I took a lot of classes in that with the business stuff as well. Um, and I had internships with like uh, Farm Credit Services, which is a, a large lender for uh, farms, and then worked for 4-H as well, but ended up uh, deciding to take the music path for better or worse. Yeah, it's prob- probably for better, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> yeah, for we're sure. We're all happy you're doing music, but um, what what kind of led you from from going to school for like a career and working in it for multiple years and then finally deciding to do music? Um, it was kind of a quick but slow burn, I guess. That doesn't make any sense. But uh, I started playing. I got my first guitar in high school and picked around a little bit, but it wasn't until like my junior year of college that I really started investing some time in playing and then got my first gig when I was a senior in college, um, spring of my senior year. So right as I was graduating, I was just getting started playing. Um, so definitely wasn't ready to jump in full time, but I got a job at the University of Kentucky where I went and worked in admissions and scholarships for about four years. Um, and during that time, I was able to play on the weekends. Um, and thankfully, things grew with my music career to a point working over those four years that I was able to quit and just uh, maintain on my music income. So. Um, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of long weeks, um, you know, working 40, 50 hours a week and traveling for work. And then I would get home on Friday and take off again and go play a gig somewhere out of town. And so not a lot of sleep and, uh, a lot of going, 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 but well worth it to kind of establish myself, um, before I took the plunge. 
are you still able to like sustain yourself financially through the pandemic, like solely through music and everything? Like, um, I'm not sure what the situations are down there, but like, there's no live music happening in where I'm from right now. Like everything's just closed, nothing at all. What's it, what's it like down there as a musician right now? It's been, uh, pretty much non-existent since March. I played a couple outdoor shows this summer. Um, but thankfully, last February, um, I had kind of shifted my focus and had decided I wanted to play less, play fewer shows, higher quality shows, and so I decided to pick up a part-time job. Um, and I did that in February, and that was a godsend because I've been employed with this company that I work remotely for uh, since February. They've been really good to me, and it's a music company, um, so it really fits me pretty well um, and allows me to not feel the pressure to go out and take gigs that might be unsafe or that I just don't want to do. Um, so I'm kind of enjoying that right now. It takes some of the pressure off the money side of it and allows me to focus more artistically. Um, so perspectives change over time in this pandemic has, I think, changed perspectives for a lot of people. Um, just as passionate about music now, but I do like having some of my income covered through something else. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to have kind of a safety net there to keep things keep things afloat um mm -hmm. how much time does that consume like i guess a real world job outside of your own music what is that what part of your life does that take up yeah um whenever i started with them i was doing like 15 hours a week i just you know wanted some kind of uh you know cover my rent and stuff through that and uh so which if somebody's listening like New York or LA, they'll be like, holy shit, you can cover your <laughs> expenses uh, with uh, that many hours a week. But they bumped my hours up this winter, which is perfect because I'm home a lot um, right now. And they're really flexible. So it's like if two months from now I wanted to cut back a little bit, they'd be cool with that. Um, just kind of ebbs and flows with whatever's going on in my life. Right on. But right now I'm working about 30 hours a week. Mm, nice. Um... Talk to me about your like songwriting process. Like, um, you released your first uh, the first album, or I don't know if it's LP or EP, but uh, you released down on Southland in 2015. Um, how long was that in the works before you got like your first piece of like first piece of music out? Gotcha. Um, I put out an EP um, before that in 2013. That was. Um, the first set of songs that I'd written and one of the great things and bad things about managing myself throughout all this is that um, <laughs> and looking in hindsight I should have waited to put out music um, I don't think I was necessarily ready for that EP and the Down on Southland stuff too when I look back I'm like man you should have held on to some of those and worked on them but it is what it is and you don't know until you know um, but those songs were ones that were written probably from the age of 20 to 23-ish, 23, 24. Um, and back then it all started lyrically. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd start with lyrics, have some kind of tune in my head, and it would take me forever to figure out how to play it on guitar. Whereas now, as I've gotten a little better musically, I can come up with a little riff or ditty on the guitar, harmonica or something, put words to that, or vice versa. So it's just Throughout, the, as far as process, it's just trying to add tools to my tool bag so that whenever I get an idea, whatever's around me 
or whatever comes first, I can make use of. Are there any specific songs when you say you should have held on to them, refined them a bit more, that you come to mind from from down on Southland? Or? Uh, there's some. I mean, some of them was just being young, too, like Raise a Little Hell. It's like a, a college kid drinking song, or that's how I wrote it. Um, there's some songs on there that I'm, I still am like, man, that was a pretty cool idea. Um, especially, yeah. it's fun looking back knowing how clueless I was about everything and being like, well, at least you tried, you know, because... Um, Without that, I might not have made the second one, you know, and, and that's kind of how it goes. Take one piece away and the rest of the path might not be there. So, um, but yeah, there's a there's a few on there. Hang Tight, Cut Loose, uh, songs that I kind of look back and laugh a little bit now, but um, they were fun at the time. Yeah, and um, your second, or I guess you said you put out a first EP that, I guess almost nobody's heard from where I'm at, but um, I guess cityscapes and countrysides. Um, after that, after that came out, um, you were finally grown enough to be able to quit your day job and start focusing on music. At some point, when that came out, um, can you tell me a bit about the process of recording and releasing those? Like where you where you worked on that stuff? Yeah, um, I've had a working uh, kind of studio partner here in town, uh, Sneak Attack Recording, my friend Jason Groves runs. Um, and he's helped me, he's been a part, at least in some capacity of all the projects I've done, either as mixing or mastering or recording, but um, Cityscapes and Countrysides, we recorded, um, let's see, early in 2017, like January of 2017, we started recording that and put it out in May. Um, but that one was really cool because it was knocked out all within like four or five days because the band that recorded on that had been playing for a pretty good while together and had been playing those songs for a while, which is different from some other records I've done where you come in with like studio players. But that one was cool because it was just, it feels really live and really organic. Um, I listened to it back in November for the first time in like a year. And I was like, there's some rough edges, but I'm still really proud of that project. Um, just how raw it is. And we were figuring it out, but, uh, you could tell we were pretty comfortable with each other. Yeah. I think that's, uh, it's a really good, like, I love that album. That's, um, I can thank my buddy call for introducing me to that. There's about, I don't know, three years ago, we were on our way home from a rodeo, a bull riding, and my buddy um, played me Grayson Jenkins, and he played me Ryan Bingham, and he played me Justin Wells, and I found all all you in like one afternoon, and <laughs> it was just like a rabbit hole after that. But yeah, it's it's a great album. I really love it. Um, do you have any personal favorites of the music you put out so far? Like stuff you like playing live more than other songs, or some songs like kind of get old, like you don't don't want to play them anymore stuff like that yeah um fear of missing out off of the cowboy dream ep um is i think the band's universal favorite to play live just because it's such a jam track and it's really fun to close the night with that one um and then what else do we really like playing um i still like playing lincoln i think that's uh that's uh, one of my favorite songs that i've written and it's still really fun to play and it's different every time uh, which is fun for me. And then, 
Man, it took a long time, but we did a, a Atlantic, Atlantic City cover on Cityscapes and Countrysides, and it, it took a while, but I finally got to the point where I was a little sick of playing that. Um, but I'd say with the pandemic um, that I'll be ready to play whatever, including that song, whenever we get back to it. Yeah, for sure. What, like, how many how many guys in your band? How big of a band is it? We've got a four-piece, but then can get as big as a six-piece. Um, got a couple friends, um, Wes Smith and Aaron Smith, who are in Brother Smith. Um, you might have heard of from this Kentucky scene. And then Thomas Albert, uh, he plays pedal steel. So sometimes we'll add keys and fiddle if the Smith boys are playing. And then sometimes we'll bring Thomas on to play pedal steel. Um, so it just depends on the, the size of the gig and travel. And um, But I think ideally for me, I'd like to have a six-piece with the uh with the fiddle and then keys or pedal steel either one yeah that's um how how much of a change in cast is it is it most has it mostly been the same guys or has it developed um like the fellas you work with um has it mostly been consistent um no <laughs> i guess um I didn't play with a drummer until I was about 24 years old, uh, so I really regret not being one of those kids that had like a high school band, a garage band, and stuff like that, um, just because I missed out on some pretty formative time and how to work with a band, um, how to play with a band, and so that stuff has taken me a while to learn. So starting out when I was playing in bars, mainly, um, you know, started out solo, um, and then started playing with a bass player, and then went through a couple different drummers for you know a couple months at a time um there's an old uh, saying that my friend jason told me he said uh, getting a musician to commit is like a nail and jello to a wall so it, it's taken a long time to find people that are committed to going to play giving up family time uh commit to practice that take things seriously so i've had the same crew for i guess about Two, two years. We added a new guitar player last year because my friend Ryan is in a band called Magnolia Boulevard, Boulevard and they've hit some good success, and so he's playing keys with them, so we had to find a new guitar player. Um, but Zach, Tyler, and Logan are kind of my core band, bass, drums, and guitar. And, yeah, we've been playing together for uh, about two years, um, which has been nice. And we get along, first and foremost, we get along with each other and can critique each other without somebody getting pissed off. Um, I think 90% of uh, being in a band is just being able to hang with the other people. Um, the rest of it's music and uh, trying to put on a good show. You guys you guys get along pretty good on the road then and all that. Um, what's it like on the road with those guys? How, how much traveling do you do? Um, well, 2020 obviously wasn't uh, a benchmark year, but uh, last year... We played about, I did about 120-something shows. The band probably did maybe 40 with me. Um, generally, with the band, we'll go about as far as North Carolina, which is six to seven hours. Um, we'll do, like, Chicago. We've done Nashville. Um, yeah, generally, the band is traveling within uh, three to three to six hours. Um, so hopefully it's you know, career kind of advances, hopefully, that uh, we're able to branch out more and more. But um, we did play in New York last year. That was interesting, uh, being loaded up in my church van, driving in Manhattan. Uh, 
so that was a, a good experience for everybody. But yeah, we get along well. Um, I book. Uh, I need to get better about not booking shitty hotels, <laughs> but um, I'm a pretty frugal guy, so um, sometimes we'll be shacked up in the Super 8. But it's anybody that I've ever talked to that that you know hits a big stroke of success. They're always like, I miss the or interview I've listened to or talked to the person. They miss the the days of out road dogging, and so. Um, I really enjoy, you know, stopping at gas stations and getting a snack and drinking a road beer in the back of the van and just it's smelling the van smelling weird after like a week in there. Um, so that kind of stuff I, I enjoy for the most part. You have any you have any good stories from the road or any any load in load outs or a good night or a bad night that kind of stands out in your memory? It's a good story. Um, man, we talk about this a lot and it's like hard to remember them unless somebody brings something up, you know, be like, remember that one time, this is always, I need to have like a good go-to with this. Um, let's see. The New York one was funny. Just like I have the most hilarious, uh, Ford van that has like, like church logos on the side. So I bought it from a church and just driving that through down down Manhattan and like I was joking about fitting in so I rolled down the window and I'm like cussing at people just you know not really berating anybody in particular but just honking the horn and acting like an idiot so that was fun um and then oh one good story this is uh we, we were playing at the empty glass in Charleston West Virginia and up the and uh, it's um, like whenever they say afterwards and during um, so we played and then all these bands came in and Justin Towns Earl was playing that night um, and so we hung out with Justin Towns Earl and uh, two of the band members uh, went out to the van because they had to work the next day and my other bandmate and myself stayed in there drinking with Justin Towns Earl for like another hour and a half until finally they came and like drug us out of the bar and Justin came with us <laughs> <laughs> he came with us and got in my van with like one of the guys was sleeping the other one was ready to drive home and he was like alright where are we going and uh, was just acting a fool and it was hilarious because nobody laughed like the two guys were so pissed that we had taken so long because it was like 2 in the morning and they had to work at like 8 and we were 2 hours from home and uh, Justin Towns Earl was uh, telling we were going to Memphis and uh, so there's a cool we have a cool video of that and whenever he passed uh one of the bandmates, Zach, who I was with, hanging out with him, sent it to me. Um, and just a really cool memory with somebody that I, I look up to uh, musically. And um, yeah, that was a pretty wild night. Um, and a good story that I think we'll all remember. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a great story. Um, That'll be my one. I'll, I'll, I'll write that one down. I need to stick with that one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of my favorites. He, I've loved him for years now. He's fucking phenomenal songwriter that's quite a oh, loss man. but um yeah yeah what are what do you have on the go for this year like you just you just released i guess i think it was a, just a couple months ago you um you put out a new ep or lp i guess of old songs and some new songs um the hand-me-downs um album um which was great 
Um, do you have anything in the works for this year? Thank you. Yeah, I've got an album that I'm sitting on right now. Um, it's off for mastering. And so I'm going to put a lot of time and money and energy into getting that out, um, you know, throughout this year. So hopefully the full project will be out by August, but right now I'm working on getting the vinyl. Songs were recorded initially as part of the Kicks like Miles Miller and Jesse Wells. Um, Miles plays with Sturgill and then Jesse plays with Tyler and then Kenny Miles recorded and played bass and uh, Wayne Graham, they're one of my favorite bands. So it's songs from that recording session that I've held on to and finished out uh, over the last year, year and a half. Um, it's been a little more painstaking of a process finishing everything than previous albums, but I'm really happy with where things are um, and excited to get that out. So hopefully uh, new songs coming in uh, this summer and then throughout the fall. Um, how long does it usually take you to write a song? Do you have some that have been like years in the works? You just had a verse or is it like you sit down and it's done or how does it normally happen? Um, it's funny. I feel like the best ones come out really quick. It's like the best ones you think of something and then kind of just ride that wave for 30 minutes and it's done for the most part. Maybe make a couple tweaks like, um, I wrote one last Monday that I really like um, that took like 10, 15 minutes. Um, you know, I was sitting around picking guitar and came up with a little melody and just started writing words to that melody. Um, whereas others, I have half written songs that I've been chipping away at for a year or more. Um, I like both aspects of it. I like uh, the ones that come like all at, all at once or it's like the biggest rush or high that I've ever felt, you know, um, yeah, it's really, really cool to sit down and then 15 minutes later you have a song that's never been out in the world before and it's like a great feeling, but also equally as satisfying or almost as satisfying to have an idea, think on it, think on it, think on it, take different observations, bring it in and, um, you know, tweak it, take those tweaks away, add something new. It's it's fun. Um, I kind of like both ways. Um, what are there any songs of yours that you're particularly proud of, or you think that kind of display your songwriting at like its highest level? Um, sort of songs that you're happiest with? Yeah. Um, that's hard. Um, my, I guess, perspective and priorities in songwriting change a lot. So sometimes I'm like uh, trying to be really descriptive and other times I'm just trying to be as simple, simplistic as possible. Um, some of the songs off the new album, I think, are maybe better uh, examples of uh, like who I want to be as a songwriter and I think the, the songs that do that um, have a story so I, I love story verses and then a catchy chorus so that's one reason I look up to Turnpike so much is that they tell kind of this elaborate story in their verses and characters that remain throughout um, 
throughout different songs, but then the chorus could be could have any verse with it. You know, it's just like that, that's a super Tom Petty thing too. It's like um, super descriptive story type verse, and then hit you with the, a catchy chorus that you can't get out of your head. And so, um, Cowboy Dream, I think, I think is a good indicator of that and a song that I'm proud of. Um, um, I like Dear Katie. I've uh, got a demo version out now and I'll have a full version out uh, next year. But that's kind of one of those story type songs. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. What are what are some of your favorite places, like favorite cities or favorite venues, stuff like that? Yeah, um, there's obviously several here in Kentucky that I like. Southgate House Revival is a really cool venue. Um, the Burl here in Lexington is a one of the uh, best like mid-sized rooms that I've ever played in. Um, let's see. There's also, um, I played in Texas last year, a couple solo dates, and that was cool for me. I just had such a draw to that Texas country, red dirt country. Um, played at a place in Marfa called the Lost Horse Saloon, and that was like, okay, this feels like the true troubadour type thing, you know, playing in the middle of West Texas. Um, yeah, those are the ones that stick out right now, Southgate House, The Burl, and then Lost Horse Saloon in, uh, in Marfa. All right. Um, do you do all your own booking and everything yourself, or do you have people doing stuff for you now? Or I guess this past year has been kind of non-existent. But... Yeah, yeah. I had a had a lot of big plans last year, um, like everybody did, and uh, um, but still still doing my own booking for now. Um, I think that would be a nice next step to take is to just open some new doors, get out on the road with different bands and stuff. So, um, still kind of plugging away on my own for now with management and booking, but, um, definitely open to working with other people. Have you done any co-tours or anything like that? Or has it mostly just been you and your band? Uh, it's been a lot of me and my band. We've teamed up with people on the road, which is obviously super beneficial. Um, we do a lot with uh, myself, uh, Nicholas Jamerson, and Brother Smith. We've done a lot of those uh, type circuits in the past. Um, teamed up with Charles Godwin on a run of shows. So it's really helpful to have uh, somebody there local that, that has a draw that can kind of say, hey, this person's cool, uh, listen to them, buy their music, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um... What would, what would your ideal, um, like what's what's a what's a dream sort of tour or like what's a place you'd like to get to in the future um, that you've never been before where you'd like to or maybe you had plans to go last year. Mm -hmm. um, one just like stuff that was supposed to happen last year. We were supposed to play Railbird Festival here in town. Um, had some other like smaller festivals booked and so it was nice getting to that point where like we were on a major festival and it's like okay we're starting to make some headway here so getting back to that point would be nice but 
I think whenever I think about like a dream tour right now, it would be doing like two months with Mike and the Moon Pies. Uh, that would be so badass is to just kind of road dog it with them, make like 200 bucks a night and open up for them. That would be pretty ideal. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd, I'd definitely, I'd definitely like to see that happen. Um, yeah, same. What's, do you, do you go to lots of shows or do you, do you see lots yourself? Um, I try to, um, whenever I'm not playing, that's the difficulty of it. Um, but before the pandemic, I feel like I did a pretty good job of if I had a night off being intentional about going out and watching music, um, if there's a Sunday night show, uh, usually try to would try to hit those. Um, See, so yeah, I'm I still love going to watch music. Um, sometimes I'm a little fried, uh, you know, just from the whole environment and need like a week or two just away from it. Um, but obviously with COVID, uh, I'd take about any kind of live music show right now. Yeah, for sure. Have you um, you have any highlights as far as? Um, some of the best shows you've seen or some artists that you um, know or friends with who you think are doing a great job? Yeah. um, Let's see. There's a couple instances. Um, I got to see Stapleton at a little theater in Glasgow, Kentucky before it was uh, right before the Traveler album came out. So they were like, uh, I mean, I think he, he maybe sold out the show, but I have a, a picture of the poster from it, but um, it was back when he was promoting that What Are You Listening To uh, song, and so that was really cool. Me and a few buddies drove down from Lexington, and uh, the guy that was riding in the middle in the back seat was drinking a bunch of bourbon, and he threw up <laughs> in the car <laughs> in the middle of the interstate driving down the road, uh, so I'll always remember that. Um, so there's another story for you. Not one of my shows, but going to see Chris Stapleton. Um, and then I've seen a bunch of good shows at the Ryman. We're about three hours from Nashville. So um, I've seen Sturgill there, uh, Jason Isbell, on a night that he sang Happy Birthday to John Prime. John Prime was on stage with him. Uh, Lumineers I saw there. That was great. Um, and then as far as my friends and, and people that kind of up-and-comers, um, like a lot of people around here, Tyler Childers used to play at some of the bars and stuff, and that was, you could tell whenever it was happening how special it was, you know, like he played at a place called Al's Bar, and there were people standing on top of booths and stuff, this was probably four or five years ago, um, standing on top of booths to watch him, it was sold out at like 8 p.m., uh, and then saw him on like a Sunday afternoon, but that was super cool to watch kind of his progression, and from the first time I saw him, it was like everybody around kind of knew, okay, this dude is like going to do big things. Um, I think Wayne Graham and, uh, is another band like that. And then Sunny Best uh, was my college band. And so started out going to watch them. There was no cover. I'd go watch them on Thursdays and Saturdays. And then by the time they really made it big, um, it was like a line wrapped around two blocks, uh, you know, $25 cover, and got to be friends with those guys throughout that period, um, even more so once I started kind of my own career. Yeah, I, I just got into got into them. I don't know this this past summer when I was working, I came across their music. They're they're pretty awesome. Um, 
Yeah. Do you... Have you started planning for some kind of post-pandemic world? Or is it still kind of holding out until things are more certain? Um, I think it'll be a little bit of... Um, started planning, yes. Yeah, so I've got some stuff that got booked, um, rescheduled from last year. So those start in like July, which I feel like things will be a little closer not normal. It's not going to be a normal year by any means, but um, outdoors and, and stuff. I feel like people are set up more to do that. Um, but also, I think uh, just for the next few months or six months or so, I'll probably just evaluate evaluate it kind of on a gig by gig basis. You know, there's some stuff I feel comfortable doing, some stuff I don't. Um, um, fortunately, I'm a, a substitute teacher here in Lexington. I haven't done it since before the pandemic, but got vaccinated. And so I'll be uh, fully vaccinated in a couple weeks. So that'll be nice, like to just take some of that uh, worry, you know, that constant worry where you're, it's not fully proven or whatever, but it's just like having a little more protection against this virus. Um, so I'll probably get out and start doing a couple things here and there if I feel like it's safe. And then I would like to have a somewhat normal fall would be my plan. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be ideal for sure to get things kind of moving by, September, October, November, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. With with this year and you saying that you had tunes recorded from your last session that you're getting mastered right now, how many songs are we looking at there? It'll be 10 total. Um, one of those is nine songs uh one and then one acoustic version of uh, the title track um so yeah it'll be uh, the first time i've uh kind of bitten the bullet and gotten uh vinyl for a record so i'm excited about that um yeah and just gonna put my focus into to getting all that out and not overthinking it and uh, hopefully get in front of some new listeners and uh play some shows to support it this fall yeah, for sure. Um, is it mostly new material or a mix? Yeah, it's all uh, new material. Um, Dear Katie is on it, which I did a demo version of and released. I've got some bands that I like that uh, that do that as well, like the Lumineers. I think they're really good storytellers, and they do that on some albums. They'll put out like a demo version and then do a full version later. Lucas Nelson's kind of like that too. I look up to him a lot. Um so I kind of like doing that, uh, where there's multiple versions of the same song out. Have you ever caught, um, every once in a while I'll get a notification on Instagram saying Lucas Nelson's going live, and it's always like the middle of the night, but he'll just sit there <laughs> yeah. like on a chair with his guitar and like play like 50 songs in a row. Like he'll sit there for like two really? hours and a song after song. Like every, and it was it was like weekly for a while there. Um, no kind of through December and early January, yeah, like every night I was, I was watching, watching him on Instagram live, and he wasn't like putting on a show. He's just like sitting there on the couch with a nylon string and singing everything. It's kind of crazy. Wow. But yeah, that's someone that's I definitely look up to as well. He's, I didn't until I started watching those live streams, and then I saw just the wealth of words he has just floating around in his brain, and it blew my mind. I don't know how somebody can know that much. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's he's one that like I think when I somebody was like, You gotta listen to Willie Nelson's boy and I was like, Okay, it's another one of those like your yeah. dad's famous. But man, he's about as legit as they come, uh, in my opinion. Guitar player, songwriter, singer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well <laughs> Well I was gonna ask you what's the what what's your dive bar of choice up there or honky tonk? Uh you have a go to spot when things are normal? Um, yeah, and I guess probably my favorite spot is um, in a place called Lethbridge, Alberta. It's about um, two, two and a half hours, pretty much a straight shot north from Great Falls, Montana. Okay. It's about 45 minutes from the U.S. border. And um, there's a bar called the Slice, Slice Bar in Lethbridge. And that's probably the go-to spot for me. It's a good place. Um Open mics every Thursday night and fucking tons of talent in in that town. There's some folks coming up. Um, I can't even think of everyone, but there's quite a few good people. Yeah, probably Slice Bar is my go-to. How about you? What's a good uh, What's a good dive bar you like going to? There's a place in town called Chevy Chase Inn, and it's the oldest bar in Lexington. I think it uh, it's been open since 1933. Changed hands a couple times, but um, the we played there several times and it's like uh, just dive dive bar like doesn't try too hard to be a dive bar though so it's not like super hipstery like you'll have hipsters in there but then you'll have regulars that have been coming there for 40 years that live in their neighborhood around it um, we play there some and it's everybody gets way too drunk when you go there but it's it's a, a unique spot one of my favorites uh, what's what's your hometown uh, Greenville, Kentucky. It's uh, we a lot of people go by county here. I'm from Muhlenberg County, um, so that was a good place to grow up musically. I didn't really have much to do with music back then, but uh, kind of a hotbed for uh, country folk kind of music. When when did you leave? When did you leave home? Uh, 2009. So yeah, I left when I was 18 and went to UK, uh, University of Kentucky, and. Uh, been up here ever since. I moved to Urban, Kentucky for a year uh, in, I guess, 2019. I lived in Urban just to get out of the city for a little bit, but um, i got a sweet little spot outside of town now that has a little space, but still close to the city. Um, how, how far away, like you're in Lexington, or I guess you said just outside the city, how far away from where you grew up is that? Uh, it's about three hours. Um, yeah, about three hours drive, two and a half, three hours driving. Um, they're on Central Time, and I'm on Eastern Time. Um, but yeah, it's not too bad. Like if I need to get there, it's still close enough, obviously, to do a weekend trip home. Uh, so not too bad at all. Especially depending on which way you're driving, you gain an hour and then lose an hour, I guess. Oh man, I used to hate coming coming back to college on Sundays and lose an hour. Yeah. Um, never a good feeling to feel like you're losing time. Were you a good student? Did you go straight through in four straight years or take a couple extra semesters? or How were you in school? I was a good student. Uh, I put a lot of focus on it in, in high school just because I wanted to do something different. And so I uh, don't come from a very wealthy family, kind of lower middle class, I would say. Um, so I was able to get some scholarships and go to UK on a full ride and... Uh, I think I got a 3.9 accounting, financial accounting tripped me up. It was a bitch of a class, but 
Yeah, I've studied a lot, but then was always the type that work hard so you can play harder uh, has always been a pretty good life motto. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I can't. I can't think of much else. I was going to ask you, uh, how far are you from like Glacier National Park? Oh, uh, within Glacier National Park, Montana. Yeah. Um, where I'm at today. I'm sitting just outside of Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm probably about five hours to Montana and, I don't know, five and a half, six to Glacier, something like that. Okay. But where I um, kind of was based out of before the pandemic and all that um, is a town called Lethbridge, probably like 50 or 60,000 people, and um, that's probably a couple hours away. But we're about a two-hour straight shot to the mountains from here, to oh, the Rockies, cool. yeah. Nice. We, uh, my girlfriend and I take uh, road trips in my van. We kind of set it up like a camper van. We were out in uh, Wyoming and Montana, southern uh, Montana last uh, September, but we've got Glacier on the list for this coming year. So might try and hit you up and see about getting a, a bar show or something. Heck, yeah. Um, when you're up there, you should check out like Kalispell, Whitefish, Flathead Lake up there. Up there is fucking gorgeous. Oh, I, I don't know. Like Montana, it. Montana rocks. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful state. Spend a spend a lot of time in Montana, Idaho, Washington growing up because, um, fuck, stuff's cheaper for you guys down there <laughs> than it is for us up here. So a lot of Canadians go down there to fucking buy stuff, really and cars and stuff, or... stock up for stock up when stock up for your kids, like I guess for like school clothes and whatnot just skip south of the border and then get shit for a good price and then come back up here we would do that in tennessee though we were like 60 miles or maybe 40 miles north of tennessee and we'd drive because they had a free tax week or no tax week so right before school started we'd go down there and get our school shit and on uh, as fake tennesseans nice yeah um where what sort of places did you um what would be a holiday for you, like a f normal like family holiday or like a weekend or trip or where you're from, your part of the world? Um, well, it's super small town or pretty small town. I grew up in a town of about 8,000, grew up outside of it. Um, my parents uh, were split, um, and so it was always uh, a lot of running around uh, for those weekends going home. But... Uh, yeah, pretty country, man. Like, uh, I grew up on about 30 acres, and we had a goat farm and uh, some horses and stuff. Um, so, usually, if I went home on a Friday, I would hang out with my dad and stepmom and drink a few beers, and my brother lives next door and hang out with him and his kids. Um, and then my mamaw lives out in the country, so I'd go visit her. Um, and then holidays, catching up with cousins that I see once a year and... Uh, but it's good, man. I love my family, and it was a. I don't think I would change the way I grew up in any way. Um, there are things I think that might like to think that I would like to change, but it's been kind of set me on the path for what I'm doing, and happy where I'm at. So why change anything? Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever been ever been up north, north in Canada? I've not been to Canada. I've been to several of the states, um, but I've only been to like southern Montana. I've not been to North Dakota. 
So nothing's really ever, that's kind of the next road trip plan is to get up into Canada. We were going to do that this past year, but um, at the time we went, I don't think the border was open um, because of COVID. So um, we were like, okay, we'll save that for later on whenever we can actually get across the border. But I'd love it up there, especially in the summer, just what little piece of it I could see in Idaho and Montana. I'm like, man, this is fucking choice. Oh, yeah. It's southern Montana and Idaho is... Idaho is like hot in the summertime, like fucking gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, like Spokane, like Coeur d'Alene, there's a lake there. It's fucking nice down there. Yeah, really sure. nice. But um, how do you how do you decide like where to book? Like, is it just lots of calling, or do you have any like analytics with like your streaming to like know where people are listening, or like how do you how do you like commit to driving like a thousand miles and hoping there's going to be people there to see you. Yeah. I think, you know, here in the state, it's a little, obviously a lot easier, but as far as like those far out gigs, um, yeah, it's just like looking where I have listeners and, and that type of thing. Um, I also think it's really handy to like, if somebody comes through town that's looking to pick up a gig, maybe they're from Georgia. And so I'll take one for the team and play with them, even though I'm, you know, I like their music, and if I like their music, then we've got to do a show trade. So those are typically good ways to reach out to new markets. Um, other than that, it's like uh, somebody taught me a while back that like having a flagship gig uh, is important. So like if I booked maybe a private event or a good money gig, a festival or something out outside of town, like if I booked a, an event in Texas, then I could uh, book little stuff around that. And then if I'm not worried about cost because I've got it all covered from that one private gig, then that allows me to do whatever the hell I want, kind of. Um, so I like kind of that that uh, kind of model is, I feel like, pretty successful and sustainable. You ever play any house shows or anything like that or never? Yeah, I've done some house shows. Um, they're a mixed bag. I, some, like, some of them are like the best nights ever and some of them you go into it thinking it's like a listening room and it's like a, a house party, you know, and I don't mind doing the house party as long as I know that's what I'm doing, you know, but I don't want to go in with my singer songwriter, you know, spiel and stories. And then somebody's yelling friends in low places for two hours. So, yeah, I'm, I'm down to do about whatever, as long as I know going into it, uh, what, <laughs> what they're expecting. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I was just talking, I don't know if there's, there's a fella, fella named Willie Carlisle, don't know if you ever heard of him, uh, I was talking to him on Monday, and he was telling me all about, like, he had a tour of house shows up here in Alberta that he was supposed to do this past year, and I didn't even know, like, there was people organizing, like, tours for, like, house shows up here, and he's all the way, like, he's in St. Louis, and he's telling me oh, stuff shit. about, like, my towns that I didn't <laughs> yeah. know, you know? I didn't know there was that much going on, but um, it is crazy. I'm not as plugged yeah. in as some, but some of those Facebook groups and shit are huge networks that people, yeah, you know, book that stuff through. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, you ever been? You ever been out to the West Coast or anything like that? Like you've been to California, places like that? Yeah, I've been to California, Oregon, and and uh, Washington. Um, I think the only states I've not been to are 
North Dakota, and then the rest of them are in the Northeast. Um, I've never uh, had too much of a draw to go up there, but I think I'd like to go up there uh, maybe next fall or something when it's before it gets too damn cold. But yeah, absolutely. What about you? You've been to a lot of the states. Uh, all the West ones, like pretty much, like Washington, Oregon, California, Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, um, Montana, Wyoming. I think that's I think that's about it. That's as far down as I went, pretty sure. Yeah, it's beautiful out there. It's uh, it's beautiful in Kentucky, but in a totally different way. It's uh, that big sky out there is hard to beat. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I plan on making it down to, the south, like, Arkansas, Kentucky, Virginia, um, Louisiana. I want to make it down there when the world opens back up. It seems like there's just nothing but good tunes coming out up there. Yeah. All of you, it's just such a scene. It's way more sparse up here. It seems like for as much country as you have down there, it seems like there's a lot more towns. Even with it being the country, um, there's just people coming out of everywhere that are talented, just mm -hmm. walking out of the woods and just putting on a great album. It seems like just endless. It's crazy, man. It, some I'll see a new name pop up or something. I'll be like, who is this guy? Who is this girl? And it's like, holy shit, they're really good. You know, it's like, yeah, it's crazy uh, how much it's changed over the last four or five years. But um, yeah, it's. Kentucky and Appalachia has been a hotbed lately, I feel like. For sure. Um, hmm. I have so many things to say, and I don't write them down, and I'm just <laughs> sitting here stuck. But Yeah, I'm like that too. But what's what's your plan with the podcast? Are you uh, putting it out on the podcast app? and. Yeah, it'll be on, it'll be on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like all the streaming places. For sure, as cool. soon as I can get it all edited, I'm totally unqualified for this, and I'm just kind of like, I decided to do it. It was December 23rd, like I had the idea to start all this going, and so I'm like a month and change in, but got some, got some pretty cool people coming on. Considering, like you're all just taking my, taking my word for it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a right. random random guy shooting you an email. Yeah. It's yeah, being open to that kind of stuff, I feel like it's cool, making a new connection. Um, I like I like the name too. I think it's cool. Yeah, I, that's why I that's why I started it. The, like the name came to me because um, like all the radio stations. I don't know if it's like standard everywhere, but all the radio stations up here in my part of the world, like Western Canada, the Prairies, um, they all play shitty country music that sucks, like just the worst crap. And they say, like, today's real country. It's always today's yeah. real country, and it just is the worst. And I thought, like, if that's real, I want to listen to Unreal. So the name popped up, and then there I was just off to the races from a name, you know? Hell yeah. That's funny, because my saying, if, if, like, something shocks me or something, I'll say that's Unreal. Like, that, I've yeah. said that so many times. That's my go-to as well. <laughs> I've been trying to stop saying Unreal because kind of feels like i'm after starting a brand with unreal in the name it seems like i'm if i used unreal as much as i normally do right i'd seem like a fucking asshole like 
plugging my brand or something, saying Unreal all the time, but it's like been my go-to for years. Yeah, you got to hold on to it. I, yeah. I was like that with uh, my song Whirl. Like, uh, I used to say that all the time, like, I'll give it a whirl or something, you know, and then wrote a song, and now I feel like a douchebag whenever I, if I use that phrase. So, yeah. what's Do you have a preference? Um, do you like the new version of Whirl that you just put out this past year? better than the original or do you have a preference or is it just kind of a result of your sound changing over time on the road i like it better i think uh we went a little more mainstream country with the hand-me-down stuff mainly because that's where i i, don't, I say mainstream but it was more like 90s country was like kind of the headspace i was in when down south and came out i just didn't know how to execute it so i feel like i just tried to execute things more like i had in my head you know um, so I like this version better, but I've had other people, you know, that'll like watch a live stream and request world. They'll say like, they like the older version better and I'm cool with that. Um, but I like the new one better. That was kind of a, again, kind of a selfish project. I just wanted newer versions out. Yeah. That's, um, I like the newer version of that one as well. I like the older version of, I wouldn't want the older version of some of the other songs to even change. Like I like some of the older stuff, but the new version of world, that's one that, like comes to mind that I definitely like that one. Um, That's good to hear. Yeah. The the song wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? Um, where did where was that recorded? That's a live one. Do you remember where that was at? Yeah, that was at the Burl. Um, oh, nice. it was at the Cowboy Dream EP release show. Um, which is one of my favorite uh, shows that I've played, and we recorded that whole set, and some of it wasn't really usable, but um, for some reason I really loved that performance with thomas on pedal steel and abby singing with me it's pretty raw um but i was like i kind of i kind of dig that and i think it was more i like that version just as well as the the original version that came out on down southland it's like a little more honest i feel like um just being really stripped back what um what about lincoln tell me about that song it seems like there's a lincoln county like in every state and there's the city lincoln in like half uh -huh. the states like what is there a specific what lincoln is that and what's the story about that song that's like my favorite tune one of my favorite songs that there is honestly oh, yeah. it's like my Thanks, favorite man. tune of yours i love that song um tell me a bit about that yeah it's like the it made me think of the simpsons where it's like the springfield uh you don't know what state it's in or whatever yeah um so that's about lincoln nebraska i had a um had a kind of friend and mentor that uh, I worked for at UK pass away. And uh, then my fellow mentor was getting his doctorate at University of Nebraska in Lincoln. And so he had to drive overnight to get to the, the funeral services. And so that's how the song started was drove all night on the four lane. And it was about his journey back through the night. And uh, it took a different turn. Like uh, I always say it has everything and nothing to do with him because he's like super successful and the, the song is about somebody that fails and has to move back home but um yeah i think that's that's still a song i'm really proud of um and probably one that i'll keep keeping the set you know throughout different phases of my career hopefully do you have any could you give me a reason why so many different bands have covered atlantic city what it is about that song of like all Springsteen songs that it seems like just a shit ton of bands that covered that one. And why did you choose to cover that one? 
Uh, at the time I did it, recorded it, I didn't realize how many people had done it. And then I feel like we must have all been drinking the same water at the same time or something. Because, yeah, once it started to be like a thing, I was like, well, fuck, I don't want to be part of this thing. You know, I wish I would have picked any other song. But, yeah, uh, I think just the first time I heard it was the, the Lee Von Helm version, the band, and uh, loved that and started playing it live. And then people that were watching me at bars thought it was my song. And uh, I was like, well, this is cool. You know, it fits me well enough. And so then I was like, fuck it, let's record it. And then I feel like it was like six months or a year later, I was like, damn, everybody is doing this song. Everybody. Um, but it's cool. Um, yeah, we don't play it. We don't play it like every set or anything. We'll play it sometimes, but um, kind of got a little worn out on that. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I think you got. I think you got a particularly good version. Like I didn't even. I had never heard of that song until like I listened to you. Your yours was the first version I ever oh, heard. Yeah. Like, like the day my buddy showed me yours and a handful of other people's music, fucking strung out on our way home from a rodeo, like four hours away. <laughs> um, I heard that song and like I think yours is a pretty good version. There's some other bands that I won't call out, but I think. They do kind of shitty versions. There's just too many of them, but um, yeah, um, yeah, it's a tricky thing to cover somebody yeah. else's. What stuff. um, you, you? I think I heard, like I couldn't fucking hear a word you're saying for a little while in the yeah. first half, but um, you brought up Tom Petty, I believe. I think I heard Petty, um. Uh-huh. What are, what's some of your favorite Petty stuff? Hmm. We, uh, I like You Got Lucky. Uh, we did that after he died. They did a tribute show at the Borough, and I did You Got Lucky and Don't Do Me Like That. Um, and we covered You Got Lucky in our set for a pretty good while. Um, so those are up there for me. Um, also, uh, John Prine's Missing Years album, uh, Petty sings on that and I think did a lot of the writing on that and so that's really cool to listen to uh, especially now that they're both gone uh, super nostalgic but what about you you got any favorite Petty tunes oh man if if I just put on like the full album like Full Moon Fever at some point during that album playing if I'm like driving down the highway I'm probably getting pulled over like that'll just get me yeah. going I love the whole record I don't know. I I I like some of this like '90s stuff too, like the Wildflowers album. Um, it's got a couple of good tunes. Like they just put out, they just put out some new stuff off that record this past yeah, fall. Yeah, I've been listening to that. And um, there's two or three songs on there that were never released that were pretty decent. But I don't know. I like fucking. I couldn't even pick. I was lucky enough to see him. Um, oh, shit. in 2014 or 2015 he came to like the hockey rink here that's like 15,000 seater like our NHL rink right in the stadium mm-hmm. and um, fucking my brother got row seven row seven seats for us and it was fucking awesome oh, just unreal. that's amazing what's how about you what's what's like is there a show that stands out in your mind as like one of those ones that's like fucking in a league of its own that you saw at some point in your life? 
let's see, I saw Forecastle Festival I went to like four years in a row and saw some really good shows there, but back to back years they had in like an like a four PM slot or like a three PM slot they had Sturgill. Uh, and then they had Stapleton like the next year. Um, and saw both of those those stand out as like this is fucking killer. It's like they were just starting to climb to the peak. And then I saw at Forecastle Fest saw Jack White play a headlining show. And man, he just I'm not even I don't even listen to Jack White that much, but that was I think just the state of mind that I was in. <laughs> uh and how he played, because there was a curfew at the festival, and he he played over the curfew like an hour and a half. He was like, fuck it, I'll pay the fine. And so That's he awesome. paid like thousands of dollars to just fucking thread on guitar for like three hours. Fuck, that's so, cool. Yeah, and I saw, saw Paul McCartney too. That's kind of my like, uh, I got to see him in Columbus, Ohio, um, and he played for like three and a half hours. Sounded awesome. Yeah, I, I that's another one I was lucky enough to see as well. He's fucking cool, for sure. Yeah. Um, he was rocking. When was that? That would have been... I was working at the university at the time, and uh, we had an event in Columbus, and another coworker was like, hey, Paul McCartney's playing across the street. There's tickets for 60 bucks. Uh, so we went right after our work event. and But it was 20... This would have been 2015, probably. Um so, yeah, that was killer. I saw Willie. I went up to Milwaukee to one of the Outlaw, Willie's Outlaw Road shows. Um, saw Willie. The whole day was stacked. It was Willie, Bob Dylan, Jason Isbell. Uh, I think maybe the Ava Brothers were on that one, Nathaniel Raitliff, Lucas. That was stacked. Those were good For events. anybody who hasn't seen Dylan before, do you agree with me that it's... He was just fucking awful, just too old. I saw Dylan's yeah. show, and it is legitimately the worst show I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was amazing to be able to say I've seen Dylan in concert, but holy fuck, was he just terrible. Man, yeah, his voice is just gone, and he had him black out. It's a big amphitheater, and they had him, he had him black out the screens. Like, he didn't have any cameras on him. So I'm sitting in the fucking nosebleeds of this lawn section, and all I can see is like this figure and hear his gravelly voice. But, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, again, cool to see him say you saw him, but pretty, uh, sad performance wise. Yeah. Willie, Willie on the other hand, that was fucking awesome. I feel see, like. That's one that pisses me off bad because we have a big festival up here that like draws like 70 or 80,000 people a year. Like obviously when it's not a pandemic, but. Um, Willie headlined that like when I was in high school. I think I was in like, grade twelve or like, just had graduated. Mm-hmm. And um, Willie headlined that, and I thought, oh yeah, wouldn't it just be great to smoke weed with Willie? So like it's a the whole weekend is just drinking, right? You're just basically maintaining for four days of straight drinking. Mm-hmm. And I was fucking hammered at like five p.m. and we start to go make our way over to the Willie show and I buy weed off some fucking stranger, roll a couple joints, and then as soon as Willie starts playing, I smoke this joint. I'm like, oh, this will be awesome, smoking weed with Willie standing in front of me. And then I just black the fuck out, missed the whole show, don't remember a thing. Oh, man. It's just blank. Pissed myself off so bad. 
I can say I smoked weed at a Willie Nelson show, but I can't say I was actually there. <laughs> That's awesome. Have, I was just singing the other day. Have you ever heard that song, Weed with Willie? Yeah, the Toby, Toby Keith song. Yeah, Toby Keith, Scotty uh, Emmerich or whatever. I catch myself singing that all the time but that's a pretty good verse for that yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah he's probably yeah. he probably would have been like the fucking coolest guy to see live i don't know if i'll ever get another chance so that's why i pissed because like he, <laughs> he had he had shows story, canceled last year for his health he had mm -hmm. he had to cancel some shit so i i hope i get another chance to redeem myself i hope that's yeah that's a big thing is I hope Willie Nelson's able to come back before, uh, after this shit's over. You ever see John Prine? Yes, we played on a festival with him. We played at Master Musicians Festival. Um, we played at like 1 p.m. and then he headlined that night. So, uh, got to watch from backstage a little bit. And so that was the only time I saw Prine, but it was fucking killer. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been something else. What, what about you? Never. I had I had tickets to see him. He was playing. He was playing at a folk festival here in Alberta. I think 2018, and then he had to cancel. Something something went with his health, and then he had to cancel. And I had tickets. The like everyone on the whole lineup sucked. It was just the worst. They didn't suck. It just wasn't for me. I guess I don't want to say they were all. They were at a folk festival. They're not shitty, but. Uh, I went. I was gonna go specifically for him, and they were like $140 weekend tickets for the entire thing, and then he ended up canceling. So that oh, was as shit. close as I got. Damn. Yeah, I know he had kind of a couple of different bouts where he had to slow down, but um, he was good. He put on a good show. How about um, what are some of your I totally didn't hear you before and just in case it didn't upload and it's shitty could you go back to like artists that you'd be listening to not necessarily in the van just stuff that's on rotation for you like the old stuff that's a like classic and then some of your contemporaries yeah um well just kind of what i've been what i listen to on rotation prime willie huge for me i listen to a lot of turnpike i think there's some uh Turnpike's coming back this year. I saw. That's what I heard, man. Yeah. Uh, that's killer. That's great news for me and music. And that's great news else. for everybody. Oh yeah, dude. I I think they're just the best country band going. Um, yeah, and then uh, at home I I just kind of collect different records. So I've got Johnny Cash, Marty Robbins, Glenn Campbell. Uh, just recently started buying new vinyls. I mainly would kind of just a cheapskate and would buy like. Eight dollars or less, but I got Sturgill's uh, Bluegrass uh, Volume One. Yeah, uh, that's that them. stuff's fucking awesome too. I can't wait for. I got that on vinyl, and I'm waiting for the Volume Two to come out because it's fucking awesome. It's a good yeah, record. Um, I like I like some of that stuff like a lot more than the original. I'm definitely happy mm -hmm. he he put out a bluegrass version of of those songs. I think, yeah, it's killer. Um, a whole new meaning for some of those uh, songs. And you can hear his lyrics a little better Yeah. Um, than some of those rock and roll What's your, arrangements. What would be, I don't know, I it's easy for me. Like They, they definitely breathe new life into some of those songs, and it made me have like instant favorites, like automatically songs that stuck with me. Like I 
fucking dig Jesus Boogie. Like mm-hmm. it starts out real slow and then it just hits and starts fucking banjo coming in and going and like oh Sarah's awesome. Like that's from what was the name of his band before he was stirring? Sunday Valley. Sunday Valley, yeah. That's yeah. a Sunday Valley song and like that shit's that like, ridiculously good. hard to get a hold of, like up here. Like I had to go mm-hmm. on some sketchy website and like get like all kinds of virus protection on my computer and like trust that this download was going to be good because it was on a real bad <laughs> website and like download download the two sunday valley eps but um yeah the new versions of some of those songs are fucking cool um mm-hmm. i like osara a lot um what's the song he wrote with merle or the uh that's hobo hobo um hobo cartoon yeah that one's good yeah. Called Arms. I feel like Called Arms is a really good version on the bluegrass. Yeah. Record. Um, I think it's cool. I like whenever people do acoustic albums or just something totally different, especially after you've got a few successful albums out. Yeah, I hope he. I hope he just puts it all out like that. Just does acoustic bluegrassy versions of the whole catalog because he set like a an album limit on. He said he was gonna put a limit on how much he puts out. Right. So. Anything mm-hmm. you can put out that's acoustic is, I guess, extra. Yeah, hell yeah. I think so. Um, well, dude, yeah. uh, I appreciate you hollering at me. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you giving me your time. And hell yeah. I appreciate Thanks, it. Man. Well, have a good one. Stay safe. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Have a good one. All right, cheers. Cheers. Drove all night on the full lane Crossed the river by sunrise Headed east to the bluegrass With only shadows left behind About a year ago in July I was driving the
tonight it's time for me to go back home